This week in PlayStation, we're talking about PlayStation's newest studio, what kind of state of play we prefer, and our review of Horizon Burning Shores. We'll have all this and more because this is PSI Love You XOXO. Welcome to the show, everybody. That's Blessing. That's Janet. I'm Greg, and you can get PSI Love You XOXO on patreon.com slash kindoffunny. There you can watch us record it live. You can get it ad-free and get dozens of monthly episodes of exclusive content. <laughs> a little bit of a delay on that one. <laughs> if you have no bucks to toss our way, support us on the Epic Games Store, Fortnite, Rocket League, or Fall Guys with the creator code KINDAFUNNY. You can get PSI Love You XOXO for free with as and without the exclusive content on YouTube.com slash KINDAFUNNYGAMES and podcast services around the globe. Please like, subscribe, and share us with your friends. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Tripod Plus Plus, Delaney Twining. Today we're brought to you by Rocket Money, but let's start with a PSN message from you. Janet Garcia. Greg. Rob writes in for free on kindoffunny.com slash PSILY and says, Do you think PlayStation's state of play works better if it's focused on one game like Final Fantasy 16 or when it's showing a bunch of different games? She's thinking. Oh, it's me? Oh, a bunch I of said different Janet. Remember when I said turn out I didn't say anything to bless yeah, yeah, but I thought it was just like, I don't know. I didn't know what you were going to say. Like, when, when you call my name, I never know what's coming next. It's like, well, um, I keep you on your toes, I understand. <laughs> exactly. I, I think a bunch of different games, just because it's generally going to be more exciting for a wider sector of the audience. But, of course, the real answer here is that they benefit from a bit of both, right? I think for certain big titles, while I might not be tuning into Final Fantasy 16 to, like, get all the details, the people that are passionate about that IP and that franchise are going to be real excited about it. There's going to be a bunch of coverage and content and details. For a game of that caliber, I think it totally warrants having its own thing. But I think if I had to only pick one thing, I'm definitely going with the the sweet, right? A bad buffet can be better than a meal I don't care about. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I do. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, that checks out. Yeah, yeah, I get you. I feel you. I feel you. That makes sense to me. Sure. Blessing, where would you go? Uh, I think it's more exciting when a state of play is focused on a variety of games as opposed to just one game, especially if that one game is a game that... Suicide Squad. Is, especially if it's Suicide Squad. Or if it's something like Final Fantasy sixteen, which I'm sure the Final Fantasy fans are excited about. But even me... As Where are they? Well, that's a good, that's a good question. Oh, because yeah, for, for me, sure. I'm looking forward to Final Fantasy sixteen. But I didn't want to watch the state of play because I didn't. I don't need more info on Final Fantasy 16, and I also don't want to ruin Final Fantasy. That's where that's where I'm at too, right? And I and I I am very much not a Final Fantasy fan, so that makes sense. But yeah, I didn't want to see more from it. I'm like, I'm in. I'm good. Let's go. Yeah, Just give me the, June's coming. I'm not. It's not too far away. I think a lot of games though can can benefit from a breakdown like that though. Like sure. And I mean, maybe some can do the opposite in the case of Suicide Squad, right? Where that like t- that turn. Hey, Suicide Squad state of play was informative and definitely <laughs> informed me that I should not be excited. Yeah, uh, exactly. But, like, you know, I look at something like uh, Horizon Forbidden West before that came out. Sure. That had a whole state of play that was dedicated to it. And I feel like with those, for the most part, it's hard to miss, right? For the most part, it's a, it's 
all right, cool. We know what this is. You're going to break down more info about your game. Usually more info is going to be a more exciting thing, right? In the case of Horizon Forbidden West, it's, hey, here are some new mechanics in terms of combat. Here's how, like, we have a, a glider now. Like, here are some cool things that are going on in the motion of this game. And I think that stuff's cool and that stuff is exciting. And I think for the most part, you are looking forward to a good uh, state of play. And also, here's one thing I'll, put, I'll throw out there too. Um, I think with, the, with these kind of state of plays, PlayStation and like their team has a good uh, idea of what a good one of these looks like. Like there have been cases where you have developers or publishers do it on their own in terms of, all right, and here, come pay attention to our showcase for X, Y, and Z game. And depending on how exciting or non-exciting that game is, that showcase then lives or breathes off of the clout of that game. Like today, for example, there was the division showcase. I don't know what happened at that division showcase, right? And that's not me, th me throwing shade at you division. It's just the idea of like how exciting is division for a wide audience. If that was part of a PlayStation play state of play, or even like a Ubisoft, um, not direct Ubisoft forward. forward, like maybe that then adds more. Oh man, okay, maybe I should I should. Of course, it, it brings you know the fact that if it was a UB forward, you could be there for hoping to get the next Tom Clancy game. You could be there to mm -hmm. get a Splinter Cell. You might be there for Rabbids. But yeah. if they drop the division thing in it, you're kind of a captive audience that you're going to learn yeah. about the division. It, on the opposite side, today... Well, there, on the opposite side is that Paris, Lily, and me were slacking back and forth about the division thing. Like, these motherfuckers <laughs> are going to make me play division two again. I know. Oh, I okay. can't well, there you go. Then, yeah. yeah. So maybe it's more of a su success than I realized, right? But, but then, again, for that audience. Back yeah. to the Final Fantasy argument. But then Street Fighter Six had a showcase um, right before we started recording the show. And I'm looking on Twitter, and my Twitter is so excited about it, right? And, like, I think that works to their benefit a bit. But that's the power of Street Fighter 6 and the name recognition. I think state, having State of Play as the brand to attach to a specific showcase is going to elevate whatever game is a part of it, but yeah. I think it's also going to be case by case. For sure. Yeah, I mean, I think to Rob's question, do you think it works better as this or that? Like, I, I think it works equally good either way. I think, and I think that's why PlayStation has positioned it the way they've placed, they've positioned it, right? They did these state of plays on their own as, you know, the hodgepodge, as the multiple things that are going to be there, the cornucopia, the buffet, whether it be good or bad. Uh, and now they are at a point where they can have these marketing deals with a Final Fantasy, with a, a, a Suicide Squad, and that's, you know, in the contract, I'm sure, of we're going to promote you and you'll get your own state of play. We'll do a thing that is the centerpiece is all you learn to go do that. And again, then I think it lives and dies by if you care about the game. Personally, I'm always way more hyped for the hodgepodge, the Motley crew. What are we going to get? We don't know. Or even if we do know that it's going to be 25 minutes of this and no new announcements and this, but that, that, and the other. Like, I appreciate those guidelines and parameters, and I'm always excited to see what they have. 1,000%. But blessing. Greg. Right now, I'm excited for your review and topic of the show. Believe it or not, everybody, it snuck up on a lot of you. A lot of you, you guys, even, I think, <laughs> yeah. last week on this show. Horizon, Forbidden West, Burning Shores, the DLC from Guerrilla Games, expanding on Aloy's story, dropping her into L.A., that's right, Los Angeles, L.A., if you were playing Dead, Dead Island 2, uh, has come out. It's out right now. It is there. And uh, Blessing, I know you've beaten it. Janet, how much have you gotten to play? I've played probably, like, four to five hours, and I haven't beaten it, which... I feel like it's kind of weird, but I did one side quest and two main quests and one um, ruin in okay, my time. Great. And then, yeah, I got it day when it dropped, started playing right away on our codes, put up some photos. I probably played two hours of it, maybe a little bit more. I think I got two of the main quests done, but I'm having a lot of fun. I want to get back to it, but I'm on a review for Redacted that I can't talk about. So, blessing. Greg. The PS I love you XOXO audiences turn their lonely eyes to you. What do you give this on the kind of funny scale from one to five? 
I give this a four out of five. Yeah, I think this great. is a pretty. This is a great DLC. I'm actually, I've actually really enjoyed myself playing this DLC. Um, it's funny. Earlier, I was talking about the idea of playing this this DLC uh, with Tim, and I've not been as excited for Burning Shores. And I think that's just coming off of I played forty hours of Horizon last year. Do I want to play more hours of Horizon when you have games like Jedi or other games coming out that I like? my eyes are focused on right like that new new it's a, definitely a thing too of like you worry about open world fatigue right yeah the fact that okay did you burn on horizon last year if not did you are you and i know not many people are but dead island 2 like you said yeah. star wars like zelda Elden ring last year yeah like, exactly yeah, Zelda's coming out there's so many games that are on the verge of coming out and so my attention has been elsewhere right and coming up on a horizon burning shores it's also the, t- the conversation about dlc and i'm personally somebody who usually doesn't get that excited about dlc for the reason of oh man like a game like horizon i didn't 100 horizon right so like you still have a ton of content to go do anyway i still have yeah. a, i still have a ton of content if i really wanted to play more horizon i could do that and in fact i took your advice on a previous episode because you had mentioned that you would boot it up horizon and you're like hey dude if you're planning on the dlc might be worth it to boot it up so you can remind yourself how, how um the uh pull caster works yep. and like how others how the game like flows again and so i did a little bit of that uh, before hopping to the dlc and even though this does when the first time polecaster pops up they're like remember this is how you do it i was like oh yeah this would have been helpful for when i dropped myself into that main ruin and i was like what the fuck is going on yeah <laughs> um but yeah getting into horizon uh, burning shores i've had a blast with it one of the things that pops out for me immediately is damn this game looks good and it's both a reminder of how good horizon um, forbidden uh, west looks but also there i there are some steps up in terms of yeah. fidelity um this time around yeah like they've talked about uh, improving their cloud tech <laughs> for this game right and i think that actually that actually comes through when you're playing you're like oh snap like these clouds look fantastic but then also just the environments in general the burning shores has like lava areas that pop right like there's um the world feels more envir- environments feel more designed around having different kinds of um like land and water and lava and all that stuff kind of working together the map feels made for you traversing via your flying mount right and that's a thing where tour and where i'm getting into spoilers for horizon forbidden west just heads up but like, if i can drop it in if you don't mind the portland kevin wrote in to kindoffunny.com slash p-s-i-l-y like you can it says for someone who hasn't played forbidden west yet but like zero dawn and frozen wilds how does it fit into the main forbidden west campaign asking of course mm. where does it fit like can i leave it to later to kind of jump into it early this is strictly after you beat the game you have to beat the game to start this which is interesting yep. and as you were getting into tech and how good it looks and how, remember this isn't on playstation 4 this yep. is just ps5 dlc and that's a huge thing right i think it being on a ps5 only kind of does a lot for how you can go about designing the environment and designing the land i there are times where i'm like looking at a vista and i'm like damn this looks gorgeous like this maybe even looks better than horizon forbidden west proper which is really impressive um it was i was reminded of how good the character models look when i'm meeting new characters and i'm like dude the wrinkles on your face like oh my god how does this game look this good i've had plenty of moments like that as i was saying the um environments almost feel more designed around the fact that you are flying all over the place because which makes perfect sense yes again like you're saying like that's something gets given to you at the end of the game which was a cool thing of like Ah, oh, and if you're gonna hundred percent at platinum or whatever, like Janet did, and like I am working on it, we'll get back to. Cool, it's cool to have it there, but for everybody else, it's like, oh, cool, I get this really cool mount, 
on like the second to last mission. Like that sucks. Yeah, it's nice to have this built around. And so yeah, they account for that, and it makes me wonder. Like okay, cool. Like the the I'm curious now to see how they go about the next game and seeing mm. is it more designed like this in terms of having different islands that you can fly uh, sure. fly around. Right. There's a new um, machine in the game. There's a new mount actually in the game called the Water Wing that actually dives underwater as well, which is really fun to use. Um, but yeah, you have additions like that. You have a new enemy and uh, or a few new enemies. One of the big ones is the Bile Gut. Which is basically like this big frog enemy that um, lays him. yeah it lays eggs and then like those eggs give birth to a bunch of smaller enemies uh, that you can fight right and so like it's a bit it's a bit new of a dynamic for battle which I like because it is all right these guys have low health I can take them out while I focus on this bigger enemy which I, I like a lot. Uh, but then, yeah, getting to story and characters. I love the addition of um, the new character, Seika. I love the addition of the, the... I love the new story. Like, all the stuff they add narratively is really interesting. I really love the villain. Like, the whole way through, I messaged you guys in the Slack to say that I'm eating this DLC up, and that carried all the way through, right? Like, the main villain of the DLC <laughs> gives, like elon musk vibes yeah. a bit yeah where it's like that's uh, very much on purpose for yeah. even like the beginning and his little monologue and like how they describe him like oh i know who this guy is. exactly and so like he's a bit of a celebrity a bit of like this tech dude but yeah has this um uh cult of personality to him and i i think the way they go about it in terms of his dynamic with you aloy and then his dynamic with the crew that you're with down uh, down in the burning shores it's very interesting, very fun, and very engaging. And I had a blast all the way through. And for me, the my the the biggest thing that made me go wow while playing this DLC was the final boss fight. And I don't want to really? get mm -hmm. yeah too into specifics, but the visuals of it legitimately, I was taken aback. There are moments in this DLC wow. visually that I'm like, wow, you guys are really flexing here. And the final boss fight is one of those ones where I'm like, dude. This looks fantastic. I like how involved it is mechanically when you're fighting the final boss. Like there's some, there's like different, like there's hints of inspirations like Shadow Colossus and other things where I'm like, dude, this is fantastic the way you go, you've gone about it. And I would go as far as to say that it's my favorite final boss fight in Horizon. Wow. Um, yeah, like I, it truly blew me away. Um, but yeah, I, I, I had a, a, a really great time playing the DLC. I'm curious on what Janet thinks. Yeah, uh, like I said, I'm a few hours into it. I got in and then I was like, let's do side quests. Then I realized this would take a really long time because there's while the because bless how long did it take you to beat it? Would you say? Probably took me like, around just... five to six hours. Right. And that was a so lot like... of mainlining. I did a few side things, but I was mostly mainlining. Exactly. So once I started doing some side stuff, I was like, I think we got to go into mainline just for the sake of, you know, discussing with you all here about what the DLC is doing and how it's expanding on the ideas, because I do think the unsurprisingly, the mainline quests is really tight and quickly kind of shows you here are the new takes we have on the established mechanics. Here's maybe like, you know, new weapons, new armor, uh, new characters, like the lore, all of that. So I focused a bit on that after a certain point. Um, I'm really enjoying my time with it. Um, I, I don't know if it's harder or if I'm just worse. No, like, you can't did, be. You're the platinum queen. Come on. It did. It did feel a little bit harder. You know, not in a bad way, but I did feel like, I really needed to focus more on getting distance in battles, um, more so than I feel like I could get away with before. Uh, that being said, I think it also did show me some of the, I felt both reminded of the highs and the lows of Horizon. So by that, I mean, um, with battle specifically, the importance of distance is so intense, specifically because Aloy, when she gets knocked, she is down for the count like she's down for a while and then by the time you get back up you get knocked again so i do think it's while the combat really sings once you get used to it and get into the flow of it little things like that i kind of started actually making a wish list for things i want from horizon 3 based on 
my re-experience with this DLC, uh, which I'll get to later. But back to DLC itself, you got more skills um, to unlock, kind of basically a new section at the bottom of all of the different skill types, which is really cool. You know, more Valor abilities, more general skills. It does feel like this DLC more positively speaks towards a verticality in combat arenas. Um, they don't think they nail it as much as like Ragnarok does in terms of like, well, Ragnarok's tight and it's not open, so it's kind of a different thing. Um, but it's kind of getting hints of that with yeah. just, I think, where they placed the grapple points. And also they have this thing where they have, um, not like that they geysers. didn't have any of this. Yes. And I don't know if they had any guys. I don't think they had any guys. I don't remember geysers in the proper game either. I don't either. Yeah. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because I might, you know, it's a huge game. I played a lot of it. I have like 80 to 100 hours in it. Didn't 100% it, but just spent a lot of time in the world. Um, I'm pretty sure the geysers are new and they sort of work where you jump over them and then open your glider and you get lifted up. Uh, I do wish they were running all the time. They like run every few seconds and it's just enough time to like kind of fuck it up if you like don't get it right but i do think that they nailed the verticality more and i think the verticality of combat was something they sort of pitched to you going back to what you mentioned blessed with the state of play is when we had that forbidden west state of play they showed off a lot of that verticality and quick movement where oh you're gonna grapple here then you're gonna glide then you're gonna do that i wasn't doing any of that like not that no one played like that i'm sure people trying to flex on twitter were like doing wild shit but i feel like this is much more designed and facilitated for that. And I think the importance in spacing with how much distance, um, God, what's the name of the enemy again, Bless? The, the frog bile one? gut? Yeah, the, bi the bio gut? Well, bio. Just call it, just, <laughs> just call it a frog. It's the frog. A frog. <laughs> frog. <laughs> Y'all know who I'm talking the big frog. Because it can, I think, gain so much distance and both have power, which is something you're kind of new to that kind of enemy too, I think. Like to have both power and um, mobility, to such a large degree is what makes it such an intense enemy and it really does push you towards using those grapple points and the geysers a lot more so i really like that aspect of it um and i also really like the speaking to like what you brought up bless like the way it's designed around flight like you can fly up and then you know maybe open up a latch that only the um god what are they called again the the water wings or the, the glint hawk um, the yeah glint oh, hawk, right? the glint hawk, yeah yeah, like only that can open up. So I like that they did really cater it towards that. Um, on the cons, I'm still not a fan of being underwater. I think they did the best they could. I feel like let's just get the fuck out of the water. Every game, if you're not a water game, don't even put water in it. Just don't even don't don't do it. Not enjoying that part. Um, a couple nitpicks with the button prompts. You have like a little boat you can ride in, and like the way I have to be like just perfectly far from it to like get onto it is a little bit frustrating and i did get a couple back to the underwater a couple weird like clipping things where i'm like in an underwater tunnel but the thing's like kind of still hitting me so those are my only like negatives so far but yeah much like you enjoying it a lot i'm loving the lore in terms of funky sci-fi fuck these billionaires energy which Dude, is in keeping with the main story but i think they did like they had, there's some really cool like technological pieces in this i think the story is awesome so far that's what i yeah. really can't wait to get back to you know yeah you what's her name the the new character seika say seika yeah yeah like seika Se exactly right <laughs> uh meeting her for the first time and then getting to meet her group that she's running with the the 
infighting that's already going on there, the technology yeah. they're using. I was like, damn, I want to know more about all this. And somebody in chat, jokingly, right, Calvin in chat, who's part of the Patreon live chat, is saying, how's it compared to the, to the VR, LOL, right? And kind of joking, but genuinely... You during... have to play VR, you want to understand this. <laughs> exactly. No, no, during our Horizon Call of the Mountain review, I'm, uh, I mentioned this, we mentioned this over, uh, multiple times, that Horizon Call of the Mountain is not a must-play. Like, well, I'll by no means say that that game is a must-play. I would say that Burning Shores is a must-play, especially if you're a Horizon fan. Wow. Yeah, you got... I think this is worth playing. I think it's a better ending to the game than mm. the Forbidden uh, wow. West ending proper Finally, is. Finally, a good ending to the game. Yeah, and honestly... Like, not just a to be continued. And that's why I really appreciate this DLC. Like, not that, like, you know, not that there isn't parts where it's like, oh, hey, look forward to the next game. Sure, but in course. the way that it's still... That's still like, the motivating factor of this mission, right? Is yes. what's going to happen in the next game. Yeah, like, this feels like a lead-in to whatever the next Horizon game is still. But there is a bit more in terms of, oh, man, like... There, there's a bit more finality and like I think honestly a, a better climax in this DLC and then also this DLC for me gave way more heart and and humanity to the character of yes. Aloy and I think that's been a v bit of a complaint in the last Huge couple of games. Huge complaint off of Forbidden West. Yeah where you know I uh, like the parts where I've felt most connected to Aloy are parts where they're revealing some of her backstory in terms of who she is and who her ancestry is and all that stuff and then once you get past that like genuinely her interactions with other characters and how she plays off with other characters has never been a thing that has struck me as oh man this is awesome like it's all kind of felt a bit like all right cool like yeah she's connected to these other characters but i'm not feeling like the depth of their relationship and stuff her the way she goes back and forth with seika oh my god like i absolutely love seika as a new character she um she's kind of like aloy 2.0 in terms of you know she is capable she uh is confident like she gives uh, Aloy somebody to play off of who is, yeah. like, not dumb. Like, I feel like so many of the characters that aren't Aloy are dumb <laughs> in Horizon. <laughs> and I really enjoy watching Seika and Aloy go back and forth and seeing Aloy open up to this character. Like, yeah. that's something that I really, like, I desperately needed out of Aloy and Horizon. And this DLC, I would say, gave me that with her and Seika and how they interact with other characters. That's awesome. Yeah, that's what I want out of that, right? I, I, I'm, I'm more stoked than ever to get back to it because, yeah, enjoyed what I was playing, thought it looked beautiful, uh, enjoyed the story and where they were heading with it. So, yeah, that's good to get back to. Oh, yeah. I am excited to hear, bless that you said that the final boss is really good because I have really enjoyed, like, combat sequences in this game, but the only boss i've encountered so far was like a human boss and as soon as i walked up to them i'm like we're a tough enemy maybe not a boss right because they didn't have like a big health bar i guess it's kind of the difference if we want to get technical with it but as soon as they pulled up i was like please jump into a cool machine because i don't want to fight you straight up I don't he's like fight nope, you. i'm gonna i'm just gonna hit you and but i also have like a gun and i'm like oh, i'm like i i still really don't like that part of the game and i think they struggle to make it something that's compelling but so for you to say that <clears throat> excuse me, the final boss hits uh, is really exciting because, like I said, I am enjoying unlocking the new abilities, kind of getting really decked out, especially, too, I'm so powerful at this point that it's, like, now, like, you know, the level cap is lifted and I can just hang out and, like, mm -hmm. grind further, and it's nice to be able to, like, really get um, the most out of that uh, experience. Yeah. So, looking forward to it. And, like, it's, it's funny enough, when I was playing through it, I was a bit underleveled because, of course, I played when I played through Forbidden West last year, I played through, got to the end, um, finished it, right? And I think I was appropriately leveled for where the last mission of uh, was for Horizon. Yes. And then I put it down and played Elden Ring and never went, never looked back. Picking it up, going straight into the DLC, I found myself falling behind in, in, in the levels. And so if you're somebody who wants to spend your time, like I mentioned, right, like I beat it in five to six hours, you can probably get 
like 10 hours out of this thing if you really want to spend your time probably maybe even more if you want to spend yeah. your time and and go with the flow like there are times where i had to turn it down to um easy difficulty because i was falling behind in the levels and i wanted to review it for the show um but like you got a you got a lot of good content there if you want to explore explore the burning shores area like it's a whole new map just like frozen wilds was and they have stuff in there as far as um the old world ruins and puzzles that you can solve and like you mentioned earlier, Janet, a lot of verticality in the not even just in the combat, but also just in the world and environments itself. Um, you know, there are the in the main missions of the DLC, there are times where they take you high up structures, but then also as in exploring and riding around my uh, flying mount, there are times where I'm I'm like flying upwards and I'm like, oh shit, what's that thing? Right. And I go land yeah. and legitimately it feels like they had that in mind as they were designing things because things because it was I land on the structure. I this structure is like halfway off of like a mountain, like hanging off of a mountain. I'm going through it and they're like, go upstairs to find the thing. And I'm like, okay, you guys keep pushing me up and down this thing. Um good good on y'all for really keeping that um uh, that in mind. But yeah, like I've been having a blast with it. And there's another person in chat that um asked, does this get me more excited for horizon three and to that i'd say one of my critiques with horizon Forbidden west was the um there's like a new set of villain characters that they introduced that for me i was i always felt like they were so out of place um there's some of the dlc that invokes that that i kind of liked like they really they, i think they did a good job of making me both um settle settle into the idea of some of the weird shit that happened in horizon forbidden west but then also there's a lot of invoking okay what's coming up for horizon and in talking about it more again one of my other critiques with it is that by the time you finish forbidden west the like the tease for horizon 3 comes out of nowhere of yep. oh boom so fast here's so rush here's this thing that is coming and they're like what the fuck like and that's then the game ends the dlc lets you sit with that and there's banter about it and i like I really that like even that the, from well. the opening right they open they talk about what's happening where we're going why they need to go after this new villain and it's like okay i, I like the idea of wrestling with it this way and actually dealing with it this way yeah it's a, it's a must-play dlc in my opinion if you're a horizon oh, okay. fan yeah the only thing that I, that I would say to keep that keeps it from like a five out of five is that I would say, aside from visually, I wasn't really blown away by the story, right? I wasn't like, oh man, this is a DLC I'm going to remember forever. Like, I don't have that feeling about it. Sure. But I had, I genuinely have had a, a really good time, a better for, time than I anticipated. For me, honestly, really one of the things that makes it the most exciting is just you saying it's a better ending. Like, I just did not like Forbidden West's ending. Like, I loved that game. And I think that's one of those reasons why our review came off more critical than the score when we gave it five out of five, right? Where it was like, we were all just rolled credits. So it was like, Let's talk about the thing that just pissed me off rather yeah. than the hours and hours I had of fun I had. Uh, you uh, want to talk about what pissed me off about Forbidden West? <laughs> well, actually, I think we did cover in our spoiler cast because I was thinking about that while I was playing. I was like, y'all really fucked some of the stuff up. But that's okay. You know, we're here and we're meeting other characters and hopefully life goes good. But um, yeah, like I've really been enjoying my time with it. I do think that, like I said, it does sort of point to both like the highs and the lows in an interesting way but um i think there's like a bunch of content too in terms of if you are looking to grind for materials a bit more and like create those jobs like and you know the one of the sure. big uh resources in yeah yeah and one of the big resources is brim or maybe it's not new again I'm, maybe new. it was here brimshine yeah that's new. That that's new yes okay so like getting that to like get the legendary gear that's like a pretty simple pickup and if you make the job it like a market on the map um again looking at this the aspect that gets me excited for the third game is starting to see bits of the evolution but i still find myself having such a 
not a lengthy list, but a little bit of getting what I think it would take to get Horizon to that next tier of PlayStation exclusive. And yeah, it's like little stuff like just streamlining a few little aspects in terms of like the material thing. Like you have to do it through the job, but if you make four jobs with, like I was trying to make it so that I'm like, I always want to see the brim shine in my map. Like, let, just tell me where it's at. It does if you have the job listed, but I like set like four jobs that each require eight brim shine. And once I got the eight, they're like, you're done. And I'm like, well, yeah, bitch, but if you know, if you fucking know math, <laughs> like I'm gonna need like 32 pieces and there's no way to like set it in that way. So you kind of like gotta go back and then sell it. And then like little things like that, I think would go a long way towards making that holistic experience a little bit more frictionless than it currently is. Um, but to bring it back to what Bless mentioned, yeah, this is like Aloy's finally coming alive in this DLC. And I'm very much here for it because she's like a little bit edgier than just, I'm a good person here to help you. Like she's still very much like that. And you know, as a heroine, that's always gonna be a little bit of her role, but I'm liking that I at least see a bit of like the spice to her in terms yeah. of being a little bit more cocky and sort of, you know, joking and coming alive a bit more. Like this DLC, it's kind of like you get some of those highs that you normally would only get through the side quests in the main game, which you could argue the DLC is like the side quest to the campaign, like the ultimate side quest. But you get that a little bit more, and I'd love to see that carried more throughout the next full campaign. Because yeah. you do see hints of her having good character interactions with some of like like the Osiram camp from like the first game. But again, that's such a deep cut. Like most people aren't gonna see that. Um, I saw that because I was, you know, obsessed with it and I like played a lot of the content. But um, yeah, lots of good stuff to yeah. unpack you're, here. You're getting the production too that you wouldn't get out of side content, which is which is what yeah. I like, right? Like playing through the DLC, you feel like you're playing more of a mainline game and you had big moments where it's like, whoa, you busted out this, like this looks crazy, um, which I, re I really appreciate as well. I am curious to know, Bless, since you finished it without like literally spoiling it. Mm -hmm. um, do you feel like it ever hits that high of when in the first game, in the original game, you know, Horizon Forbidden West, again, light spoiler warning, when you get to Vegas and you have that like, wow, do you ever get that with the LA thing? Cause like I went to the Hollywood sign and like, it's cool. Cause like it's a sign, but also I knew it would be here cause it was in the marketing. Like I kind of really want to be hit in the face with like that LA vibe. And does that ever really, happen or is it kind of just like mm, you there, see like a few things this, here and there. i'm actually glad the you asked this star. because there is one moment in the dlc one like mission in which i think they try to invoke that and it was a bit hit and miss for me where like there's an area that where the, i i think what they're trying to go for is like a universal studios type situation oh, okay. for the environment but the actual layout of the area that they put you in is so amazy that i actually ended up in frustration because mm -hmm. it is oh yeah you can go here 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 and here and like you're tr as aloy you're trying to figure out exactly where the the main thing is you should go to and it's doing the thing where like instead of just giving me a waypoint they're highlighting the whole area and i'm like ah, fuck yeah, dude yeah, all right yeah. i just gotta hang out and figure out where i'm supposed to go and like I, I didn't love it for that. And also I don't it didn't give me the wow factor as if they really nailed a like Disneyland or Universal situation. And so I think that I think they try to go for it in that mission and it 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 fell a little bit short, but it's still like a fun mission. It's just the fact that like I just hated the layout of the area that right. they put you in. Uh, Janet, you mentioned going to the Hollywood sign in the live chat on patreon.com slash kinda funny. Uh Calvin Coffee said Halloween si or Hall Hollywood sign moment. 
Is there anything that brings you there for the story, or is it just if you want to go fuck around over there, you can go fuck around? Over um, there's it's in the a, campaign. Yeah, there's I think a okay. moment in the campaign that no brings need you to, there. Yeah, okay, I but know. I don't know if they acknowledge it really. Well, what, well one of the things, uh, the reasons I ask is that Dead Island Two, the main campaign, you know, however, what is it, twenty one missions or whatever the hell it was, it's in the review. We never do anything with the Hollywood sign. And I would have been like, oh, that's a no-brainer that I'm going to end up there doing something with it and blowing it up or dropping it on a horde. No. Or yada, yada. And yeah. like nothing ever happened. I was like, that was weird. Because it's like they show it in their marketing materials too, but like, huh. Yeah, like you you can see it and there are missions that'll, I think, t- that'll take you past it, but there's no interaction For me, with it. And I, don't tell me because I'll find out on my own eventually. But mm-hmm. like when I was playing it and I was like, you know, when you're doing uh, amazing opening, I think. Great title splash yeah. of you co- coming in on your Glen Hawk or whatever. When we're looking around and they show like, you know, the dilapidated LAX, the dilapidated Capitol building, uh, Capitol Records building, I was like, we had that moment we always talk about on the stream on day of release for uh, Forbidden West where I went and found Alcatraz stuff where we we're like, if it's right, if that should be Alcatraz and we swam out there and there was a collectible that referenced Alcatraz, I was like, that's great. I want to try to find, there's got to be some oh, kind yeah. of convention center E3 badge. There's got to oh, be something yeah. there for video game conference thing or whatever. It'll I need to be your name too. It'll be the, the whoever fake stole badge. my badge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoever stole my badge. I was, uh, I was streaming it and people were like, when can we go to the fig? And I'm like, I don't know. You know, it's like, is it this shorter building here? Like it all kind of does have a bit of that samey dilapidated kind of green, but like a lot of the landscapes in horizon are like that. So I think it, I, I, wish there was a little bit more intriguing iconography for the way that this was so heavily like angled is like it's horizon but in la and it is but it's like and i get like you know i get it's like the world's turned over eight million times and all that like i understand that part but considering some of the other highs like i just kind of wish they did like a little bit more with it i feel Um, i feel like they they shy away because they're trying to like make sure the world feels somewhat realistic. Like I, I feel like they're not trying to go over the top in terms of the references, and it's like, oh, look right. over here, there's this thing. Oh, look over here, there's the Hollywood sign. But that said, they don't do that in the story. Like playing through the DLC, there are things in which they invoke in terms of the the villain is Elon Musk. Like he's all like this celebrity, <laughs> and also where I'm like, you guys are going so ham in terms of making sure that we get what you're going for in the villain. Like just make the world like at one point silence park. is like tabloids and Aloy's like what's, what's this that, is like yeah. the first yeah. one minute of the DLC so you know I understand people might be listening and haven't played through it yet it's like a lot of people from my stream too were like oh I'll watch it later because like I want to experience it and I totally get that but it's like the first like one minute yes yeah, I mean, like, like, silence is who part. they start with too I was yeah. like, oh man yeah you know, man, it was it was nice hearing Lance's death yeah. It was, yeah it was so nice hearing Lance Reddick again and like he's um yeah like he's one of the first things you hear like he's the person that calls you yeah he's calling you first get gets it. it off uh, Speaking th- of voices, I'm sorry, just before I let you go, yeah, yeah, uh, Calvin wrote in and said, do we know her voice actor uh, for... Seika? Yeah, and it's uh, Kylie Leah Page. There you go. Uh, but yeah, one thing I wanted to mention, uh, Janet was talking about things that she'd want to see in the next Horizon the, that they could adopt in the DLC. Uh, I'm really excited for a Horizon that isn't um, tethered to PS4. Um, and, sure. I, and that's me assuming that whatever the next Horizon is comes out just for PS5. You know, it'll be tied between PS5 and PS6. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but I think just technically seeing what they're doing with Burning Shores already and ha- having it not be a PS4 game, I'm like, dude, yeah, make Horizon 3, not PS4, because you guys are able to be a bit, you know, un- untethered in terms of how you can approach world design and creating views and doing all these things and, like, you know, the cloud tech alone. The Decima engine is off the chain. Like, we need to put more respect on the Decima engine. Because between playing this DLC and, like, thinking back to what they did with Death Stranding, yeah. like, this engine is, is probably one of the best engines, period, right now. Um, and so, yeah, like, I can't wait to see what they do uh, with the next Horizon in that. 
fighting the new enemy, which again, going back to like me giving it a four out of five and not like, why wouldn't it be a five? They only added one new enemy being the Balka and like the eggs that the Balka lays. And I think I would have wanted to see a, a little bit more added on that front too. But that said, um, I do like that um, they're giving you these tiers of enemies to fight um, because when the Balga lays his eggs and gives birth to like these flying drone creatures, it is a, here's a lightning arrow and I blast once and they explode all together. And up until now, I never realized how much I kind of needed that in, in, in the combat, right? The idea of, oh, here, yeah, here are some just straight up fucking weak ass enemies to take down while I'm also fighting the big enemies because yeah, yeah. when it is, you're fighting- Not constantly doing arrows. Not arrow constantly arrow. doing arrows at every single enemy, right? When it is, every enemy is powerful and it's taking at least a few arrows to get them down. You feel like you are you're just chipping away at everything, but giving you these- tiers of okay here's the weakest enemies that are just the drones the ads boom take that down all right now i can focus in on the bile gut i think that adds in the better flow of combat um and i want to see them mess around with that more in the the sequel and then one other thing that's a small complaint but it's been around since um horizon Rin west the menu that you have on the bottom left where you're cycling through items uh -huh. so you're cycling through like your mounts and your traps and all that stuff I need that on a wheel, bro, or like something else, because I have so many items in there where I'm like, oh, I just want to call them out. And I'm I'm cycling, just cycling through like maybe 50 things in there. It's ridiculous how many things are on that. Remember, menu. you can go through and edit it. Oh, can you? Yeah, this is something. We oh, that's through. on me. That's we on me. Yeah, you can hold. I think uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because it's been a while since I edited mine. But I believe it's if you hold down long enough, it pops up a thing and you can mm -hmm. do it. But it might be through the menu itself. That okay. You can put a thing. But you can remove things from it, so it's not that's good every then. every because I, I hold every down juice and every potion and every rock and every because I got everything in there. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I just want to call a mount. Like, let me just call a mount. It's taking me five minutes to find this thing. All right. Well, there you go. Very good. Time Burning there. shores. Four out of five. A must play. Great on the kind of funny scale. I'm excited to get back to it. I can't wait. I'm excited to hear also because what you guys think about it when you finish. Because I hadn't played Dead Island 2 yet. I like had everyone kept telling me like how's Hell A? And I I just didn't know what they were talking. I didn't know that was a reference to anything. I thought it was, I thought it was Like damn, you all fucking hate LA that much? You're just coming well, out of it. I like thought this? it was like a I don't know. Like I thought I didn't realize that was a reference to Dead Island. So rip to me not knowing any of that, but that'll make sense after I play Dead Island 2, I guess. Soon you'll be inducted into zombie slaying in Hele. I'm just like, like oh, me. this is what this is. All right, cool. I got I got one of my trophies is reviving five co-op partners. So Janet, if I don't have that and you end up playing, let me know. I'll come revive you. You said you ice know, cream girl and step up 3D. No way. It's the that the only game I've ever played with you, Greg, is um, Far Cry. Yep. Was six? six? Yeah, yeah. Right. It's like what a weird thing that. <laughs> I begged you to play That's Ghostbusters so with me. Begged you. Now there's new DLC out today, so there you go. There's our chance again. There's still time. I still have to. I I want to play enough to like talk to you. Don't tell me where you are. I just want to find you organically. But sounds it's good. Been tough. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to talk to us, of course you can do it for free at kindoffunny.com/psily. But if you want to talk to us live, like Calvin has been, of course you can do that only on Patreon.com/kindoffunny. Over there, you can watch us record all the podcasts live. You can do this for the Xcast, Gamescast, you name it. Of course, you could also get all the show ad, all the shows ad free, and you can get dozens and dozens of bonus episodes of content each and every month. But for right now, you're not on Patreon.com/kindoffunny. So here's a word from our sponsor. Shout out to Rocket Money for sponsoring this episode. We all love gobbling up content and we have an understanding of what subscriptions we use. Or do we? Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions when the actual total is closer to $200. That's right. You 
you you out there you could be wasting hundreds of dollars each month on subscriptions you don't even know about rocket money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions it monitors your spending and it helps you lower your bills all in one place rocket money has saved some of us here kind of funny a ton of money and it can help you to stop throwing away your money cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocket money.com slash kind of funny that's rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny r-o-c-k-e-t-m-o-n-e-y.com slash kind of funny blessing did you confirm she is ice cream girl from step up 3d that's what um the the imdb says do you remember this character i don't know (laughs) and i love step up 3d i watched step up 3d multiple times greg at least three times wow um for for the d's you had to do it for the each for each d yeah but i do not remember ice cream girl and so i'm gonna have to watch it a fourth time to confirm if (laughs) the character who played or the actress who played seika is indeed the ice cream girl i believe i don't think they'd lie to us though here you go this there she is. Wait, which incredibly one? Incredibly low res thing. I there's that, no ice cream of, girl. None of these are her. Like the middle one. <laughs> the one in the middle middle is Allison Stoner. The guy on the right is um, Moose. Uh, and then I don't know who the lady on the left know, left I is. I just googled ice cream girl. Step yeah, none 3D. of these. None of, I've I've seen the screenshot and like yeah, none of these are. All right, here's what girl. we were gonna do, everybody. I'm on her face. I'm on her Instagram page, right? Mm-hmm. She hasn't blown up in life yet. Okay. So I'm gonna we're in a message her right now. Say right. we're on a PlayStation podcast. Were you the, th- the ice cr- ice cream girl in Step Up 3D? Yep. While I do that, what's been happening in PlayStation this week? Uh, PlayStation acquired a new studio. This happened this morning, as of the time that we're recording. Um, this comes from PlayStation on Twitter. Great news. Firewalk Studios is joining the PlayStation Studios family. I learned more about this talented team and their plan to connect players in new and innovative ways in their ambitious upcoming multiplayer game. I then jumped to the PlayStation blog uh, where they have a few lines saying, Firewalk is home to a remarkably talented team of creatives who have launched some of gaming's most celebrated experiences and they're already hard at work on their first original AAA multiplayer game for PlayStation. Since announcing our publishing partnership with Probably Monsters and Firewalk in 2021 and to bring you back right, Probably Monsters own firewalk um we continue to be impressed by the team's ambitious or ambitions to build a modern multiplayer game that connects players in new and innovative ways um of course firewalk funny enough we talked about them recently on the show because we did our um our own perfect playstation showcase pitches and one of my pitches was to see whatever game firewalk is working on because of course they're working on one of playstation's now many multiplayer slash live service games um that they're making firewalk is comprised of um you know, lead studio directors who have worked at Bungie, who have done work on games like Destiny and have like a background of first person shooter franchises. Um, and yeah, I guess, is this, uh, the question I have is, are these the right kinds of acquisitions to make? Of course, this is also coming off of Ooh, Haven. <laughs> this is coming off of Haven uh, being acquired not yeah. too long ago as well, right? Haven being another studio that is working on a PlayStation multiplayer title. Typically, you know, when we talk about PlayStation acquisitions, we're talking about, Insomniac or Housemark, studios that have proven themselves and have put out games. Between this and Haven, right? Like neither of these studios have put out a proper project yet. How do we feel about that? I think you get it on the ground floor. I think I think it's there's nothing wrong with taking a risk. I don't not and that's not to disparage the work that they're done or the work that they're capable of, but to your point of it's not the oh, this is so obvious, I thought it already happened level with, like, Insomniac. And not that those decisions don't require thought as well, but they just kind of feel a little bit more, you know, comfortable, typical. Um, I think 
especially for branching into territory that they have gaps in, it's going to have to look different than what you've been doing because what you've been doing hasn't garnered the results that you were looking for, which is to have like good, popular, quality, multiplayer things. So I think it's going to have to look a little different, and I think this is it looking that way. Also, shout out to it's Firewalk Studios. It's not Fire Sprite. I was thinking that as soon as I was looking at it. I was like, let me Aloy drinks Sprite, still. remember? Yeah, but Aloy yeah, likes a nice know, Sprite. Keeping those uh, separated in my mind. But yeah, so I think I, I'm i down for this. I like this. Uh, admittedly, I'm not a big multiplayer person. It takes a lot to get me in. So, you know, we'll see how this will pan out on like a personal level. But, you know, that's kind of to the side of whether or not it's going to be like financially, commercially or even critically successful in terms of venturing into this avenue. And I'm definitely a fan of them trying to, um, I think, diversify the portfolio and what the PlayStation umbrella is known for just to add a few more, you know, pillars and kind of strengthen the brand. Yeah, I think for me, the thing that I like about this is because you are working on games that you want to live for years, right? You're working on these games that are multiplayer and live service one acquiring these studios probably makes it easier for you to communicate over time and have these studios partner and work with studios like bungie right or half firewalk talk to haven and figure out how to make these studios playstation ecosystem yeah like behind the scenes bring them into the ecosystem have them have them work more directly with the studios to have those resources to you know be able to benefit from that and then also yeah if like if firewalk or haven are working on something that's going to last let's say seven years right they're they have this plan to make a game that lasts as long as possible as playstation it's probably easier to own these studios and own these ip outright right as opposed to be like all right let's work for these guys work with these guys for years and years and years and like have to like communicate back and forth right and i don't know how contracts work but like maybe <laughs> renew contracts. Listen, i've never i've never done an adult Listen, thing i've i've never contracted a triple a studio to make a game for my platform but you know maybe it is easier to be able to go hey we own this studio cool they're playing by our, our our rules we know what's up like we have transparency in terms of jim ryan can walk through the front door any day doesn't have to knock he can just open the door now like i'm, I'm <laughs> that's not a literal example but i think that's <laughs> that, <laughs> I that, that paints a picture of like the ease of owning a studio versus having to partner with them but greg what do you think yeah is it the right decision we won't know for a long time you know what I mean? Uh, and, and what is the right decision? What is the wrong decision? This is the decision. It's, it's funny to talk about this and stick with me because it'll be a stretch, but you'll get where I'm going in a second. It's interesting to ha look at this decision and compare it to what we've been talking about with dreams and what I've been saying where all last week when we talked about this, right? Dreams was greenlit and pushed forward by a PlayStation that is not the PlayStation of 2023. So right now, PlayStation 2023 looks at Firewalk and says, you guys are making this live service multiplayer game. We want you, you to come be a part of us officially and then help the other teams like Bungie, like everybody else that we're doing stuff with. And then we're going forward. If they get out of the gate and the first three live service games are complete duds in the industry, we don't want them. And it turns out that that's not where they're going. Then it's not a great decision. Then it is something that changes, falls away. You don't know what happens to this studio. It's exciting. It's always exciting to see PlayStation making moves on things we don't understand or know. Whatever they're seeing in the background, right? Whatever Haven's talking to them about, PlayStation's looking like, oh, we got to lock this down. And it's crazy to see that. And there's so many games that PlayStation partners with or just sees on their platform that they don't lock down, that they don't say, oh, you're a perfect first-party fit. Mm -hmm. They're saying these are great first-party fits, and we got to see why. Yeah. Uh, uh, before you go on. What up? Here's how it goes. All right. <laughs> we, we hit up Kylie. We said, hey, okay. Kylie. 
Great job in Horizon. I'm actually hosting a PlayStation podcast right now where we just talked about the game. Mm -hmm. Our audience claims that you were the ice cream girl in Step Up 3D. Can you confirm that? My co-host loves that movie. Thank you. Kylie responds, Hi. OMG, yes, two laugh emojis. That's hilarious. I was. Shot that back when I was like 12, I think. John M. Chu directed. Was a dream come true. I was obsessed with the Step Up movies growing up. Didn't get... Didn't get to dance in the movie, but did the hoedown throwdown, the popular Hannah Montana <laughs> dance at the time for the director, cast, and crew. They loved it. I love that nice. so much. What a good story. What a great story. That brines up my day. Next up on PlayStation updates. PlayStation has significantly increased Steam game prices in some countries. Uh, I'm going to read from Tom Ivan at Video Games Chronicle. Sony Interactive Entertainment has significantly increased its game prices on Steam in some countries. As first spotted by Reset Era user Chairman Chuck, the prices of Sackway Big Adventure and Returnal have been increased this week in countries including Argentina, Canada, Chile, China, Colombia, Japan, and South Korea. VGC has verified these price rises using SteamDB and found that other PlayStation titles, including God of War and Spider-Man Remastered, have received similar price increases. Uh, the price increases uh, vary by country and title. In Canada, the price of all four games have been upped by $10, representing a 14.5% to 17% increases based on their starting price. In Sony's uh, home country of Japan, the prices of the games have risen by between approximately 29% and 32.5%. Argentina appears to be by far the most heavily affected by the price increases. God of War's price has been has more than doubled this week from 4,199 pesos to 8,499 pesos. The cost of Spider-Man Remastered has also been doubled, while the prices of Sackboy and Returnal have risen by 67%. Absolutely wild. You know, just who would have thought it wouldn't be a great time to be a PC gamer? Not me. It's not a great time at all, especially as a, a PC gamer wanting to play PlayStation <laughs> Studios games. <Yeah. laughs> it's like, what the hell's happening right now? Uh, we it's like, not only, not only is Last of Us not running, but now you got to pay more for the worst version of The Last of Us. It's kind of fucked up. Isn't that right, Janet? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a little, it's messy, you know, is what it is. But I guess <laughs> something that in a less ideal state is maybe better than nothing at all. Um, but it is unfortunate to see, like, it have such a gap. I mean, obviously, we've heard of different prices on different platforms before. Like, that concept is not necessarily new. And I think if this ends up being, like, both wider spread, as in, in different regions, and wider spread, as in more of the norm moving forward, then it kind of does speak towards, again, that idea of PlayStation's approach very much being we are barely dipping outside of our ecosystem just to try to get you back into our ecosystem. And that's not to say they're doing like 3D chess where, oh, they made a port battle. Like, you know, I'm not and plus saying any of that. That would be ridiculous to do. Um, but I think it's like all roads are still very much leading back to PlayStation. We're a long way away from that ethos being different. And frankly, I think they'd have to take a lot of L's to choose to take that kind of ethos. Um, and I don't see that happening anytime soon. But yeah, unfortunate for players who um can really only experience these games through that methodology but yeah you know I, the you can get you can get the con the water's warm over here like grab grab a console <laughs> and hang out you the know, jokes aside week, right but. and jokes and character stuff aside it's weird and interesting i'd love to know why is it just an inflation thing is it just a uh, um uh, conversion rate in terms of the dollar the yen and etc and so on that they're doing this why is this happening outside of the united states why is it happening in these countries what exactly is going on with it 
I'm like looking up right now to see on the US Steam how much are PlayStation the US games. <laughs> the US Steam. Um because like I looked up the last was part one on Steam is sixty dollars, right? And I was gonna I was gonna expect seventy because last was part one on PS5 was seventy, right? We got mad about that, right? Am I correct about that? Yeah, yeah. Last that was part one. Yeah, part yeah. one. Okay, because I, th- I I feel like I remember the backlash. Um, I'm looking up Spider Man. Let's do Marvel Spider Man. This has to be more than just inflation. The fact that like some Steam. of these titles have like doubled in some of these countries, it it, it feels weird, uh, for sure of whatever this decision was. Yeah, Marvel Spider Man remastered on Steam is also sixty dollars. Like chat as I go, is I assume sixty dollars is like the more of the standard. For PlayStation Studios games on PC, I wonder if they're trying to to just make the make like a an overall change. Like, I wonder if we're gonna see these games go up to seventy on Steam if they're not already there. Yeah. Um. Maybe that's what we're what we're saying, but who knows? I think too. One thing that generally sucks about you know following PlayStation, being a PlayStation fan, is that they have, despite having their blog, you know, which they love to blog, there is so little in the way of communication about like decisions right. like that this which, is something spotted you know, by chairman chuck or whatever the you know <laughs> exactly. i'm on a GameSpot like, article that's where they found it chairman chuck and, you know, is maybe like from a mario a, villain exactly and like maybe from a business standpoint that's the right mario, move to make you and your friends of... are having too much fun you need to come work in this corporate job what? no chairman chuck we won't <laughs> this the there's a lot of layers here to unpack with what was just said but uh the tldr is you know we don't get these kind of answers, these kind of transparencies or insights for pretty much anything that goes on at PlayStation. You kind of just hear that like stuff happens and then that's kind of it. So uh, yeah, it would be nice to know more on this, what it means, if it even means anything at all for the future of the PC experience of PlayStation. I'm not realizing that I was thinking of charging Chuck. He's the guy in football yeah, gear. I thought, I thought that's who you were referencing. I mean, Chairman Chuck though. still sounds like it. I mean, that sounds like the adult version of him. What happened to you, Charger? Char- I had to get a job. <laughs> I wasn't big enough. I went and got my football. MBA, and now I, I tore my ACL. I can't play football anymore. I'm in charge of I sell the hammers to the hammer bros. <laughs> uh, final story. Uh, your next day and date PS Plus extra game is here. That game is Humanity. Uh, it says here on Gamatsu, Humanity will launch for PS5, PS4, and PC via Steam on May 16th. Uh, publisher Enhance and developer THA Limited announced. Uh, on PS5 and PS4, it'll be available as part of PS Plus Extra and PS Plus Premium. So you can get Humanity Day and Date for free. Well, for free if you're paying for a subscription. Sure, of course. Well, a great move because I love Enhance, obviously. I've talked about so many other games, uh, you know, and everything in touch, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, I, I, the, they're a developer that I'm like, oh, I want to play their stuff. But I look at this and I'm still like, I just don't get it. You know what I mean? They were on the GDC stream here. I know uh, they, it's been promoted and stuff. I still haven't wrapped my head around it totally. And I'm like, would I want to play this? Or is this going to be something I'm just like, oh, I'm glad they're making crazy, goofy-ass shit. I don't know if it's for me. But I'll get to try it and not have to invest any money in it, which is great. I think it's it's such a good move to get more games on PS 100%. Plus Extra. And this is what I wanted to see more of. I'm glad we're able to do it with uh, Meet Your Maker. Uh, and like we've seen yeah. it with um, yeah. other games as well. Um, I hope they ramp this up. I hope we start seeing more day-and-date weird uh, PlayStation games, that, like games that they push. Because um, I guess they didn't originally push Meet Your Maker, but like Meet Your Maker is 
a game that I saw separate from PS Plus, right? It's a game that when it was revealed, I was like, oh, this looks really cool. So to see them pull that onto the onto the service is dope. And then Humanity, I believe, is one that PlayStation has pushed um, before. That's I, yeah. If I remember, yeah. that was a state of play. Joke, yeah, that right? was state of play. That was state of play. Yeah, that was and one of a... when they did like we're gonna have five VR games or whatever. That was one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's it's playable in VR. Um, yeah, this game looks cool. It has you know people make the Lemmings comparison again. I haven't. I really got to play Lemmings because apparently everyone's making a Lemmings game and I don't have, I need to know the source material. So we'll work on that at a future time. Um, but it looks cool. It's trippy. It's funky. It's weird. Uh, to your point, Greg, even if you are in the fence, it does end up hitting that sweet spot of interesting enough. And it's like, well, I'll download it. I'll try it. Why not? I think too, it speaks towards like the constant, I think desire, at least for me, like personally of keeping PS plus extra, here and running because i had i just had my renewal actually hit i think it auto put me on the basic one though which is called essential and i was thinking like okay i'll probably take the extra but i'm gonna wait until like there's a game that i really want to get there and like obviously we get code so it's more specific in our case but either way the fact that like right away it's like oh yeah i would want to play that like i could get value out of that and that's not something that i could say of previous um PlayStation Plus experiences, which is why, like, you know, sometimes I don't even redeem these because there's not anything there that's that that is that compelling. But I feel like lately, while it's a little bit of a bummer that's mostly on the extra and the essentials kind of like washed at this point, it is nice that I feel like at least we are consistently getting valuable, interesting, compelling projects from this. Um, also, this game reminds me a lot of I cannot remember the name of it. I tried Googling it. It's like a black and white old PlayStation game. It's like you have like little figurines and you like move them around you can also build your own levels and it was on playstation's um god what was it called that the thing that was before what we have now little big plan ps4 <laughs> no no PlayStation i understand VR1. why you said that no, the the playstation like the big catalog thing that sucked now playstation now oh but i can't remember i can't remember the name of it if anyone it looks like I, i've about. always thought, thought it looks like last guy the last guy but that wasn't black and white it kind of looks like that too and You're i played about, like, that also on no, it's like, I have no idea. I thought it was called Echo or something, but that's not coming up. If anyone knows what I'm talking about, let me know. But it does also remind me of uh, The Last Guy, which I did enjoy. Yeah. And then I looked up the review and then you reviewed it. And that was a very weird full circle moment for me. But yeah, here for weird stuff. Excited about this one. Here for weird stuff. Yeah, I'm excited about Enhanced. You know, I'm with Greg that like, Tetris Effect was dope as hell. Uh, Res Infinite was also dope as hell. Like, I'm in for whatever Enhanced Studios. Echo Chrome? Yes, I think so. That is it like Brandon Lee? Look, yes. My, that. my one thing with this, my one beef with this is the date. May 16th, you're going to be busy? Zelda comes out four days before that. Get out the way, everybody. <laughs> Get out the way. May 12th through... I'm just going to say weeks after that is going to be busy for everybody. See Link sure. on the highway. Get out of his way. Get out of also, his way. Yes, I understand. Is, this is Echo Chrome, and it's really good. Sorry to interrupt, but it's a really good game. It's really hard, too. Yes, it's like a puzzle it game. I understand. It's a PlayStation podcast. I understand. We all admit it, though. We all know it's We're good. all going to be playing Zelda. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And like, I'm, I'm going to make my way to humanity, hopefully, because like humanity looks dope as hell. You don't want to take a Zelda break? You don't know to... if I will? I don't know if you will. I hope I do. Cause, I'm like, not, I'm not, and I'm not doing it because I'm an asshole or anything. Yeah. I just I don't know. No. I don't know about that. I'm going to be all up in Hyrule, you know, in the sky, <laughs> what? on what? the ground. Of all the ways you could have said it. Like I know. I was, I was about to say Zelda and then I had to switch because I was like, that's not going to sound right. I got to no, say, no, no. I got to say something I, else. And maybe you're actually inside Hyrule. Maybe there's some underground stuff. Maybe there's some and underground yeah. stuff too. Well, there, there is a big thing with Kate. Again, this is not, not the right platform for this, but you know, you guys don't have a Nintendo show. So where else am I going to talk about this? 
I mean, call on Gamescast. Gamescast. I mean, no one knows what Min Max talks about. I'm sure you could talk about it over there. Got him. It's not the same. Got they him. just talk about Minish Cap and stuff like that. Oh, That's sure. a Nintendo. That yeah. We're slowly going through the whole the whole catalog, really understanding what's going going down there, you know. Anyway, everybody get out the way. It was all no no more announcing dates for May. May. Just get out. See what Suicide Squad did. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Run. <laughs> Run. Uh, we got some PlayStation picks for you, of course, as we were talking about the games that have come out this week on PlayStation and the games each of us have picked to play on PlayStation. The drop this week is a big one. It looks like this. Uh, Disney Speedstorm for PS5 and PS4. God of Rock for PS5, PS4. Minecraft Legends, PS5, PS4. The Mage Seeker, uh, League of Legends Story for PS5 and PS4. Andy Final- talks about that on Gamescast if you want to get his impressions. Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster Series for PS4. Horizon Forbidden West Burning Shores for PS5. Leslie talks about that on this episode of PS I Love You if you want to listen. Tesla Grad 2 for PS5 and PS4 and Tesla Grad Remastered. Coffee Talk Episode 2, Hibiscus and Butterfly for PS5 and PS4. Gary Witta yes. talks about this every goddamn XCOM but he hasn't played it we'll see when he actually plays it and then dead island 2 for ps5 and ps4 games cast up right now i want to start oh, you guys have been busy i want to talk about disney speedstorm what? yeah I've, I've been playing a little bit of disney speedstorm uh i got that on ps5 there's a i believe it's, i don't know if it's fully out i think it's like open beta or something like that early access okay. i don't know if this is the full release um but regardless i'm enjoying it i'm having a pretty good time with disney okay. speedstorm the my I, a couple of complaints I have um, off the bat, right, are like feel uh, like there are it. So this is a kart racer. I don't know what. it oh, is. Oh, yeah, it's a kart racer. Okay. So, yeah, but, I mean, think like Mario Kart, but you're sure. playing as Disney characters and it's like a wide range of Disney characters. So it's Mickey Mouse, but also Disney princesses and also like just random ass Disney characters. You can find a different. Is things. it just like multiplayer local or is, it, is there a campaign kind of like CTR style? So it's formatted almost like a live service, like a Fortnite kind of thing and also like a mobile kind of thing. And that's one of my complaint not a complaint i guess it's one of my wait and sees with it because i don't that it's not immediately an attractive um setup for me in terms of how i want to interact with the kart racer because one of the first things i did when i booted up the game it brought me to like this campaign screen that's like oh here's the chapters but it's basically like onboarding chapters and so you're forced to play like these round of races as mickey mouse to then learn the mechanics and then like once you finish your third race um like online unlocks and then once you finish another race then you can do ranked and then once you finish another like there are um unlocking features is based on progress in that way but like the home screen looks like Fortnite. it looks like um i didn't check for the battle pass but it seems like it's gotta have a battle pass it has battle pass vibes if if any game has a battle pass it's probably this one um but it has all those vibes of like something that's going for live service which is very okay right like if you want to do that go for it just make sure the game is good and playing it I really love how vibrant it is. I love the energy of it. The music is fun. The characters are dope. Um, the feel of like drifting is like the only thing where I'm like, this almost feels like it's on rails a, 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 a little bit. And I want to see that open up. I want to see that like feel more freer. I can also feel the rubber banding a bit in terms of the mm. CPUs that I've been playing with. It feels like it's trying to keep me in the like in the action at all times, even though I feel like I should be pulling away at some points in these races. But aside from that, again, very fun energy in this game. I like the visuals. Um, the like items are fun. Like it's exactly what you'd expect out of a kart racer that's trying to be very Mario Kart 8 like. Um, and so, yeah, like I've been in, that's only from maybe like an hour or so of playing. Um, I've been having a good time with it, but aside from that, right. For me, it's just been horizon and me peeking into Disney speedstorm and then also a little bit of uh, redacted. Great work on horizon, by the way. Well, those codes came in Monday morning, Tuesday morning. I forget which yeah, one. I think it was Tuesday, Tuesday morning, yeah. Tuesday morning. Yeah. And then you had to have it ready for today. So great work on that. Thank you. 
Uh, for me, uh, yeah, I'm playing redacted. I am I, balls deep, just fucking up to my eyeballs, beyond my head. I'm underwater. I can't breathe right now uh, in redacted. After coming off redacted, which was Dead Island 2. Mm. So, like, Dead Island 2 uh, is up as a Gamescast review. You can go get it right now. Uh, I gave it a 3 out of 5. Uh, I enjoyed my time with it. Like I said, I want to get back to it. It is just a okay game. It's completely fine. But, yeah, that's what I've been doing. Touch Horizon. But then I had to jump in the deep end, like I said, up to my eyeballs in this god dang redacted. Advanced Wars 1 plus 2 reboot. Why would you say that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like looking at my phone. I'm like, what could he be playing? Because I know it's not Last Case of Benedict Fox. I'm not playing Last Case of Benedict Fox. I'll tell you that right now. Right. Don't worry about that. But Janet, what have you been playing? Um, I've been playing games that are on PlayStation, but not playing them on PlayStation, so I'll just like sure, to touch on those two. Um, Minecraft Legends, I did a write-up on my website, Pentapixels, if you want to check that out. Um, I played with Isaiah, because it does have co-op available. Again, available on all platforms, so you can play it on PlayStation, even though I played it on uh, Xbox Series X. It was cool, fine, you know, Game Pass, so you can jump into it without, like, much friction in, that, in terms of that if you have the subscription. I liked it more than dungeons. Like I thought it was more compelling than, you know, Minecraft's take on the dungeon crawler. This is Minecraft's take on um, RTS, but not, you know, but it's like 3D. So it's like, you know, it's adventure. Adventure RTS simplified. Um, pretty approachable. Stream signs, building. It has that Minecraft coding. And I'm not going to lie. It's one of those games where it's like, if this wasn't a Minecraft game, would I ever come back? Probably not. Not because it's awful, just because it's like, ah, I don't know. But since it has that Minecraft coding, I might come back. Still maybe not because, again, a lot of things to play. But I was playing with Isaiah, and once we really got to understand how the systems work, it became pretty fun. So, again, without spending too much time just explaining all the systems, really it's just uh, you have, like, these little magical creatures that can you know get materials for you and also like do buildings and stuff for you so really the upgrade system is just about like slowly adding structures and then oh now you can get iron and now you can get this other thing or you know you can put down something that repairs the walls or something that repairs like the main tower and you kind of go in and defend these little villages that are under attack um and that's how the campaign functions it's fun it's cute it's simple would like to continue we also did a 1v1 on like the game and that was uh kind of chaotic because without knowing how we like let's like how we learned to play which was helpful to learn but maybe not super fun in that it took a really long time because we both kind of sucked at it so it's like okay what someone just kill me something like <laughs> and, and take me out take me out of my misery because this is going too long so i do wish that i did find myself wishing there was some more fine tuning and like maybe putting like some type of timer. Like there's other enemies that can attack you as well. But, and I was waiting, I'm like, maybe at a certain point they get more and more aggressive and just take one of us out. But that point never really came. And we played for like a while on the one V one. So decent time there. Uh, and then quick I, question. Cause we've been talking yeah. about this on uh, the last couple of weeks on uh, X cast. Cause Greg, they're the L cast. They have nothing else to nothing talk about. To talk about. This game. I heard that was uh, the main story they talked about. They're wild. <laughs> they're, um, there is no couch co-op, right? Uh, you have to be playing on a separate console. Correct. You have to be okay. playing on a separate console. Um, I'll report back. I'll report back. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure thing. Um, and then for us, like, since we were doing this during the review period, we just had, like, Isaiah log in with my thing, which was, I, like, emailed the people. I'm like, can I do that? Like, I just want to play with someone else, and I don't want to have to, no offense to everyone else reviewing the game, go into a Discord and be like, hey, person I ever met, do you want to, like, play a game with me? <laughs> like, I don't want to do that. Um, but that was the experience. It was cool. And I did into Dredge finally. Everyone's been Dredge. clamoring. The streets are talking about Dredge. Like, have, have either of you played yet? I'm just curious to know. 
No, I no. keep I keep talking about it. I think on Gamescast where I look at it and it, the people are like you love it, Greg, you love horror, and I'm like this just doesn't look like a game I like, and I'm not a big uh, Cthulhu guy. You know, it's just not my thing usually. Yeah, like I've not gotten to it either. I, it sounds it sounds and looks really cool, and I'm totally into the tonal shift that that I keep seeing in the trailers and that I've heard people talk about. Um, but yeah, this could reviews, be like your inscription of the sea. You know, you don't. <laughs> I mean, listen, when you say it like that, because I I loved inscription. Uh, I if you invoke that name, why'd you say that name? I'm all I'm, I might I might end up checking it out. But right now, it's just a busy that name time. In Thirty years. Yeah, yeah. No, totally fair. So for those who don't know, this is a. Um, indie like fishing game basically but with a like spooky undertone to it so that's essentially the gameplay flow you're out there you're fishing you're meeting other characters you're doing tasks um it has that sim element to it the sound design in this game is incredible i also really like the art direction the art style is very um there's something kind of like cozy about the look to it i feel like they get a lot out of just the the way they approach like color in the game but yeah the sound design is incredible like the sound of when you're reeling in like the fish like little stuff like that i think goes a long way to creating an immersive compelling experience just in the base of what you're doing i'm only like uh, i think two hours in so i'm like barely exiting what basically functions is kind of like the tutorial section of it but i'm really enjoying it uh for that one it again it is on ps5 I kind of wish I was playing on PS5 just so that I'd have that option for the Platinum if I wanted to do it, but I am playing on PC right now. Um, though I, I am looking forward to dipping into this on Steam Deck, though, as well. So I think nice. it'll be a really oh, fun yeah. Steam Deck Ooh, game. So Maybe that'll those be are where the, I play it. Yeah, the, it's Steam Deck Inscription of the Sea? Blessing, this is oh your game. God. Did you Join ever play, did, Jan, did you ever play Moon Globe? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I really like that. That's what I kept, uh, the other thing I keep saying about it when I look at this, I'm like, well, I'd rather just go finish Moon Globe, which but I wish would come you? to PlayStation, because PSP, port it to PlayStation. Here's the thing, Moon That's Globe what that Bay, stands for. <laughs> and I, and I want to try Moon Globe Bay again, because I've only, only put like two hours or three hours into that. Sure. But like, it didn't hit the way I wanted it Agreed. to. I don't, Agreed. It's, it's missing a certain genesis quoi to it. I don't know what it is. It's like, it's missing all the horror All the vibes. stuff is there. Yeah, maybe. But, like, all the pieces are there, but, like, and yet I just it didn't end up, it didn't hook me. I think Dredge um, is doing, you know, less than something like Moon Globe. Obviously, they're very different styles of games. It's doing less because it's more focused on just that ship. Also, the inventory management has that RE-style inventory management to it. So mm. there's a lot of, I think, fun things to kind of string you along in this. And that's not to, like, disparage, you know, what it does, but it's, like, every at every turn i'm like interested in a little something they have and i keep feeling like they keep feeding you intriguing things in those opening hours and that's what makes me excited to revisit it so yeah check it out if you haven't yet i'll report back if i end up finishing it i figured it out greg you're reviewing live alive coming to playstation 5 and ps4 on april 27th we'll see what you, if you were really on the ball about what you said about this goddamn game listen, all right i know i know i know where you're, listen it's great. You're gonna love it. <laughs> You're gonna love it. That. Can I say I was looking as I've been looking through for uh, looking through Game Informer's list of 2023 games, trying to figure out what Greg's reviewing. I was reminded that Lego 2K Drive comes out on May 19th, and oh. mark this down yeah, as I'm about that. mark this down as prepare for me to be so disappointed oh, because what? I am I am so over the moon excited for this thing. And there's no way it can live up to my expectations because <laughs> this trailer looks so good for this game. This Let's, game looks like my everything. Chat. This game looks mark like it down. Everything. Mark it down. A first or second week of January of next year when we do our game of the year whole uh, hullabaloo. Bless and I will be the only people who vote for that. 
I hope somewhere so. on our top. I hope 10. so. That'll be such a success for me because I'm every time I every time I, I get reminded of this game, I'm like, damn, this game looks really fun. This looks beautiful, and also like you got different types of vehicles. You got old Sony world. It's like Forza. It's, it's Lego. It's Lego the crew. It's like Lego Forza. Do I drive across the country in it? Uh, I don't. But you can uh, turn uh, your car into a plane or a boat and stuff. And when um, you guys were playing the crew the other day, that reminded me of that. Crew two. Oh, crew Chet one says, had rules. Uh, God says, damn it! And you were a car. Okay, draft it then. Bless. Yeah, put your money. Put your money well, no, I'm this. saying I'm going to be disappointed. I'm saying this it's not. Chat, I'm not saying me. it's not going to live up to my expectations. And I'm the one saying that we are going to absolutely love it. I, I hope so. But it, it's like Diddy that, Kong Racing like, with the it, different that's vehicles. That's the conversation of like maybe we love it, but is it going to review well? Yeah. You know? yeah is Greg exactly. going to play it and realize the masterpiece that is Lego 2K Drive? I might. I Probably so. won't. I want to play it. I'm excited for <laughs> it. Probably won't. Janet, you play it. Play with us, Janet. Yeah, I'll play it. It looks cool. I mean, I really liked. Obviously, it's you know not a one to one because like what different dev and publisher right but like lego um hot wheels unleashed uh was like really cool and it kind yeah. of evokes some of that same energy Ooh, in terms of yeah. scale and speed Ooh, though yeah. hot wheels unleashed did burn me because that that thing was hard as fuck like it was so hard and i know what you're thinking well turn it down to easy i did then it was too easy and especially with a racing <laughs> game you really want to find that sweet spot and i just could not find that sweet spot but it's such a beautiful looking game so i i'm hoping that this kind of Again, the, the pieces are there, right? The pitch the sounds pieces. great. The le- <laughs> it, This <laughs> fucking writes itself. Cancel Whatever you guys were recording that week, cancel it. Cancel it. Put me on this. Let's just drive these Lego streets and see what we find. Let's because I'm excited. Hey, also, shout out to me and a fuck you to Paris Lily. I'm looking at the Gamescast uh, League, of course, we did again, where it's Xcast versus PSL. I was Love thinking you. of that, too. Yes, I know exactly what this is going. Confine.com slash KF League 2023 if you want to see what's up. And I forgot that I had drafted uh, Burning Shores, which got me nine points, which means uh, fucking Paris, who counterpicked it, gets negative nine in his face. Why would he counterpick that? Because he's an I idiot. I told him that when what he was doing it, but then I'm like, well, we're also like not on the same team, so like, it doesn't matter. But yeah. I'm like, why? Would, this is like a terrible, especially because I had to counterpick last. Like the only one with a whack counterpick should be me. Maybe the person before me. Maybe he was the person before me. But no, don't give no, him that. Don't give him that out. There's no world where that was gonna not gain points. To be fair, so we can like, only pick other people's things. Yes. Like from the other. It, it was a great year. Great year for games. Though. Yeah. But also but still, now. Was that the worst of the games listed? I don't think it was. Par- it Paris right now is at an overall negative three score. Yeah. Meanwhile, Janet has 62 points. Yeah. The only thing I'm nervous about is my Lies of P counter pick because y'all talked me out of that other one, which is fine. I'm moving on. I'm scared about Lies of P. I'm praying that it's in the 70s. I know it's going to gain points, so it's going to lose me points. I'm praying it's not an 84 because that's what I'm afraid it'll be. I'm excited we'll for the Stray Gods game. I got Stray Gods on mine. I feel like it's going to do pretty good. Well, pretty good you can that. keep watching, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll keep you posted on a number of shows, but most importantly, this one, because this has been PSI Love You XOXO. Each and every week, we come together to talk about all things PlayStation, and you get to hang out with us. If you want to hang out live, go to patreon.com slash kindoffunny. On patreon.com slash kindoffunny, you can get each and every episode ad-free. You can watch us record the show, just like Xcast, Kind of Funny Podcast, etc. And of course, you can get dozens and dozens of exclusive monthly episodes of content, all on patreon.com slash funny if you have no bucks toss our way it's no big deal youtube.com slash kind of funny games podcast services around the globe use the epic game store code kind of funny when you're checking out in fortnite rocket league or whatever on your playstation and until next time no it's been our pleasure to serve you